you've got to be able to cut through what is actually news and what is noise. And I can tell you that headlines, they are noise. So if you get your news from the headlines, you are wildly misinformed. They're all clickbait. Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. Your high octane boost of full-on reality therapy for personal, business, and investing success with your host, Ron Phillips, because somebody's got to tell it like it is. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Get Real Podcast. Ron Phillips, Heather Marchant, at your service. <laughs> at your service. I dig that. We should do that more often. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Today, we really are at your service. By the way, I've moved into the new house. Those of you who are noticing that this looks entirely different than it used to, that is because... It is entirely different. There's literally boxes all around me right now, and um, my office is not set up. So it will look different soon. But anyway, for the time being, here I am. We have internet. That's really all that matters. Oh, yeah. That is amazing. Yep, yep. Otherwise, we would not be seeing you. Literally, (laughs) we just moved in yesterday, so... Yeah. It's quite quite impressive. And I think one thing that I think I've learned from you in this process of you moving that maybe I haven't shared with you is leveraging other people to make things mm. possible. You've definitely leveraged talent and you've leveraged time. So you had movers and I've I've always been the do it yourself, save the money. But I don't know. I've watched you guys this move and have been like, yeah, I don't know. If you have the money. <laughs> I've decided that um, that using two friends and a pickup truck doesn't save you money in the long run because yeah. if furniture is at all anything you want, <laughs> you should probably pay professional people to do it. Plus, you can do um, what you're really good at while they're doing what they're really good at and you help them. It's a win-win. Everybody yeah. wins. You know. I think that's the thing. We talked about leverage before. We're not talking about that on the show today, but because you brought it up, Heather. Um, Since I'm sidetracking us. (laughs) I mean, leverage is a really, really cool thing. And I think um, a lot of people misunderstand when people say leverage, you're going to leverage. Like if I was to leverage Heather's time, it's as if I'm taking advantage of Heather. And that's that's completely not how this works. Good point. those, Those guys that were at my house, their business doesn't run unless they move people. That's their business. So what I did was give them business and that allowed me to attend to my business, right? So I agree with Heather. If you have the money, you should definitely hire professionals. And I have done that with everything. That's the only reason we have internet. Yeah. Else I wouldn't have it because my <laughs> office is actually quite a ways from the house. And because of that, there's not internet here. And mm-hmm. I paid people to make it happen over here. So I have internet over here now. Not what we're going to talk about today, well, but I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. I just think it's really, I think it's something that a lot of, I know a lot of my clients, I know I have heard from people that they either kind of tend to be more like me in the do it yourself and try to save a few pennies, which is how I've always been, or they're a little bit more like you. And there's not a lot in between <laughs> that I meet. So setting up your own LLCs, like that kind of thing. So hmm. I thought it was worth yeah, that can be That can be very expensive. If you set up your own LLCs. I think we did a mm-hmm. show on that. Not a good plan. Yeah. Leveraging other people's talents and time is... uh, Speaking of leveraging other people's talents and time, you guys are going to leverage our talents and time right now, while we leverage some other people's talents and time, (laughs) telling you all about 
um, <laughs> what we're learning about the market. We literally keep our finger on the pulse of this. It's changing so fast oh, yeah. this time around that, I mean, it's kind of fun. I'm actually enjoying the fact that, <laughs> that this changing so rapidly. Anyway, so we have all kinds of things to talk to you about today. Yeah. Heather, we've got a um, kind of an article report from uh, the National Association of Realtors. We're going to talk a little bit about that. We're also going to talk about, I just got back from Mastermind Group. I'm going to talk a little bit about what I heard there. Some really interesting things. Talk about the Home Affordability Index, what that means to you. I might share my screen and show you guys that if you're watching on YouTube. And that's not any kind of a knock on you podcast people. (laughs) Just because I have the ability to do it. So I might do it today. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. And maybe we can put the link in the notes, the podcast notes. So if people want to pull it up after they listen. Heather's um, a problem solver, folks. I'll check in on that. Heather's a problem solver, folks. <laughs> All right. So let's jump into this, um, Heather. There's The article is called Six Things to Know About the Housing Market Now, Right it's Now. Really, and a lot of it is actually pretty like, oh yeah, I expected that, right? Like <laughs> some of the information in here is definitely not new news, but it's from the chief economist from the National Association of Realtors. And so, if it's from the chief economist. Exactly. Then y'all better pay attention. Y'all better pay attention. <laughs> That's all I got to say about it. Okay. I think we should preface everything we're going to say today, though, Heather. We, we have gotten some feedback from some folks. I'd like to just state for the record, for all of the new listeners out there who may not understand what the Get Real podcast is all about, we created this show to not be a show about fluff and make everybody feel good. This is a show called the Get Real Show where we actually get real. We're going to tell you what is going on. If it hurts your feelings, I'm, I'm not sorry at all, actually. Yeah. Not sorry. Just suck it up. Put your big boy or your big girl panties on and let's move forward understanding what's happening in the market. Yep. Now, we're not telling you any of this stuff to scare you. We're telling you this stuff to inform you so that you can make better decisions. Mm-hmm. Both Heather and I are continuing to invest. I just got back from a mastermind group. There's about 160 investors there. They're all still investing. Mm-hmm. They're just taking very serious what is going on in the market so that they can make better and clearer buying decisions. That is the intent. Okay. So if you get scared, well, that's on you. We're just giving you the appropriate information. Okay. Yeah. If you stick your head in the sand, I got an email from a client this week that said, I'm probably like all of your other clients that I don't know what to do right now. And I think not saying he did this, but I thought it was a really interesting statement that he said, I'm probably like everybody else that you're talking to. And which is is actually not accurate. We have I have a lot of clients that are like Ron and I that are informed, but moving forward. But the clients that are afraid are the ones who aren't educating themselves yep. and are just hearing what the news is saying and panicking, and they're not the, making good decisions. The theme of the meeting I just got back was news versus noise. And I am, mm. I'm just, I'm going to tell you right now, yeah. I have dipped out of Facebook a little bit because I cannot take the noise. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, with the three, you would think there was only one, but with the three very controversial verdicts from the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. there is so much noise. I mean, there is so, if you've actually read any of those opinions, 90% of what is being said about all three is just complete and utter hogwash. Yeah, that's a good point. And it is the same 
with the real estate market. The other thing that I think we need to remind everybody of is that the real estate market, while you know, Mr. Yun is going to tell us all about how it's the national market, it's not a national market. It's a local market. Mm-hmm. What is happening in California is not happening in Birmingham, Alabama. It's not the same thing at all. All right. So you've got to be able to cut through what is actually news and what is noise. And I can tell you from personal experience that headlines, they are noise. So if you get your news from the headlines, you are wildly misinformed. Yes. They're clickbait. Almost every one of them from every news outlet, they're all clickbait. If you actually read into the article, generally speaking, what is the headline isn't even what's in the article. It's completely different than what it says. Anyway. So true. So true. I'm going to get off my soapbox now before I say something. That was so good though. Preach, preach. I just think that it lines up for me and always has been my core values to understand and to inform myself. And if I don't know to seek out people smarter than me, right? So that I understand um, what's happening. So I loved that his first point in this article is to have you rerun your numbers because mortgage rates are rising. Mm-hmm. And literally every day, it is not uncommon that our team is reaching out to our lending lenders and asking, hey, can you can you give me an update? I mean, it is changing so fast. Volatile that, is the yes. right word for the yes. mortgage market right now. So making sure that you're paying attention. So if you have new construction under contract and rates are rising, run your numbers. Like yeah. <laughs> make sure oh. that you're still and, wanting to move. Yeah. And it's here's the other thing is if you're building something, get educated on all of the different ways to protect yourself. If you're a gambler, don't worry about it, right? Mm-hmm. No big deal. Just gamble away. I would prefer you gamble with a little bit of knowledge, but to each his own. <laughs> but if you're not, if you're somebody who actually likes some stability and security, you can lock your rate. Yes. Get educated on what you can do to mitigate the downside and kind of lock in your upside. Yes. Dude, there's no reason to be scared because the mortgage market is changing. The mortgage rates is as high as they've gone over the last few months. They're really not high. They're still, they're still historically low, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. They're not as historically low as two and a half, but they are historically low still. That said, it has um, really affected affordability, which we're going to talk about in just a little bit. Yeah. We have one of our lenders has a 180-day rate lock. I mean, you can lock a rate if you're building so that you don't panic. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying to run your numbers, though. Pay attention. Know know what's happening versus waiting until closing. (laughs) Use whoever it is 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 your mortgage as a partner. They should be a mortgage Mm -hmm. partner. They should be telling you what they're seeing in the market so that you can make educated decisions about when to lock rate and when not to lock rate. Mm -hmm. That's what we do over here. We're very tuned in and we're constantly trying to find new and better. And I I can promise you this, there's going to be a lot of different mortgages coming out. The same thing happened the last time there was a shift, right? There will be all kinds of new cool things that are going to happen. You need to be mm-hmm. educated about each of those as well. And as they come out, we will share them with you, not to scare you, but to inform you. Okay. Well, and the other thing to consider too, is that running your numbers and being prepared, but then knowing that according to what's happened historically, 
in our country that rates are going to drop again as the government needs to stimulate the economy. And then they, you can refinance. Crash it. You can, here's the other thing too, is this is pretty cyclical. Government creates problem. Government tries to solve problem. <laughs> By so doing makes the problem worse continues to try to fix it and then just continues to make it worse. That's pretty much going to be the rest <laughs> of our lives. So if that scares you, you, you might want to just move to a third world country, get it over with right now. Right. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. Government has literally caused every single problem that we have. They caused it. And then they get up and, and they bitch about that. There's this problem that they didn't cause when they've all caused it anyway. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's true. <laughs> Next thing he uh, says, uh, yeah, Heather, go. is that the home prices in general are going to remain high. Mm -hmm. Now, he says that I think nationally, I think some markets probably won't and some markets probably will. Um, it will be very local. So you need to figure out in your local market, wherever you are or wherever it is you're buying, what's happening there that would tell you whether or not the prices are going to remain high or they're not. And if you are one of our clients, we are pretty tuned in with our local markets to know, you know, some trends there. So which markets of ours are drop prices are remaining pretty steady still. We haven't seen any significant price decreases, but we have seen a little bit more availability. We haven't had the crazy, crazy can't get property <laughs> stress that we've had. So that's that's loosening up a little bit, which is a welcome change. <laughs> yeah, um, which I think will ease prices a little bit. Yep. Note that he says remain high. He didn't say go higher. Yep. He, he did not say that. I think he chose his words probably pretty carefully. So <laughs> yeah, that's true. I would just, I um, mean, I, I hope he is the chief economist after all. Yeah. I think one thing that he mentioned in this article that I found really interesting is what has made me feel comfortable in buying a property in Florida is the pandemic has really changed how people work, that they can work from home. And so that's affecting home pricing and availability because people don't have to work downtown to be close you know, to their job and stuff. They can move out and have a little bit. I mean, I have a lot of friends that commute one or two days a week into the office or not at all the full time in the office every day i know very few people that are on that schedule anymore yep. completely changed so. the game which i think is why the next thing he says is it all is flows right into what you were saying which is that the suburban homes yes. will have higher prices in particular and that's because people don't want to be in the urban areas if they don't have mm -hmm. to right yep yep um which i think is is very that's also something that if, if anyone took a step back and thought about it, would say, yeah, I mean, if I don't have to go into work every day, I could have a bigger yard or, you know, go do other things. Yep. So his next point is that you may want to consider a five-year arm. So I've been considering this on one of my properties right now um, instead of a 30-year fixed mortgage. It's just way better interest rate and they're capped at how much they can go up and there's some... There's some advantages to that for sure. There are. Um, again, if you're going to do that, there are good and there are really bad or aggressive arms. So educate yourself. That's where your yep. mortgage partner comes into play again, where you can talk through how this is going to work. I tend to agree that they're going to have to lower interest rates again to try to stimulate the economy after they completely F it up. 
And, you know, when they do that, the cool thing is, is whether you're on a 30 year fixed or you're on a five year arm, you can refinance lower anytime, mm-hmm. right? Anytime. So you're not stuck. The bank is stuck. Yeah. Because if rates go down, you can always refinance. Right? Exactly. I think one thing you sent me, Ron, was this affordability monitor. Do you want mm-hmm. to share your screen? Do you have it pulled up? Or do I, I want to share my screen, Heather? Do I, do I really want to do it? I'm going to do it. This is... <laughs> Is this a first? I think it is. This might be a first. Okay. So can you see it? Yes. But for those of you listening, we'll walk you through it so you can still follow what we're talking about. And we're also going to include the link in the show notes. Okay. Yes. But if you don't want to go look for the link, you can simply Google home affordability monitor from the Atlanta Fed is the ones who are doing this. And this home affordability monitor goes back to 2006, okay? And it shows home affordability all the way from 2006 to what they're saying is current and current for them is April, okay? Mm -hmm. 100 is the affordability threshold. So that's basically the mean line or the, the zero, okay? So their 100 is zero. Above 100 is affordable, below- Like stuff on on sale, right? Like property is- at a discount. Yeah. Yeah. Anything at a hundred is just, that's affordable. Yeah. Anything below that line and the further below that line you go, the less affordable it becomes. Okay. So in 2006, the uh, index was at 73.3. So considerably under Mm -hmm. 100. It got all the way down to the lowest was 71.4. So almost 70, almost 30 points underneath. And just to put that into perspective, the most affordable that we ever got was in 2012 and it was yep. 112.3. Okay. So 112 is, is literally just 12.3 above, but we were 30 points below when we had the crash. All right. And we remained relatively affordable from about 2009 uh, yeah, about 2009, all the way until, well, it looks like 2021, mm-hmm. right? And that's because of interest rates, right? So we had interest rates that came way, way, way down. Prices went up, but as the prices went up, the interest rates came down that kept things affordable. Now you can see that there is a very precipitous drop. So anybody who's actually looking at this from December of 2021 through today, we have dropped like a rock. <laughs> 20, almost 20 points. We are currently at 72.8. Not, not currently. Sorry, it's worse today because the yeah. interest rate that they have on here is 5.1%. And we are currently at least five and three quarters on a, on a normal home loan. We could be pushing closer to six. So we're worse than we were at the lowest point in 2006 prior to the, to the crash, which was the low point. Actually, in 2007, they started to um, decrease interest rates and affordability actually got better in 2007, believe it or not, even though prices were going up because the interest rates were going down again, right? Because we had that converse thing happening. Yeah. So it's happening in reverse right now. And there has been within like two months, we lost, oh my gosh, I mean, like it's insane. Yeah, 15%. It's dramatic. And when you pull this up, if you didn't see this on YouTube, when you pull this up, it, it literally is dramatic. Now that says something that we should all be paying attention to. Okay. So 
Does that mean that everything is in real, real trouble? I'm not sure. It does mean that less people can afford the homes. We still have a supply problem, according to Mr. Yun. And I, I mean, I think that bears out in all of the data. We've been talking about that for months. Yeah. But when things, when people can't afford it, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it doesn't really matter. If you can't afford it, you can't afford it. There's another index um, that people use, and it's just how many percent of people can actually afford a house. They run this in California mm-hmm. because California kind of starts things. Usually, as so, so California goes, so the rest of the country goes, and, and with respect, at some point, in, with respect to housing. Now, I, I kind of disagree with that. I think California is their own island. Um, they do things completely different out there. But Interestingly enough, the, that affordability index is at 17%, meaning 17% of the people can afford a home in California. Wow. That is so is low. Remarkable. <laughs> yeah. So, Given I how think, many people have left California, that's interesting too. And the, North, and the Northeast. I mean, I just saw yeah. a, somebody put together like a, a visual map showing the migration into Florida mm-hmm. with little red dots. Oh, Wow. Oh my gosh. I mean, it was, it cool. was crazy. People just pouring into Florida. Um, for mm. the, I mean, we've, we've talked ad nauseum about the reasons for that, but this home affordability monitor should link everybody s- sit up, take notice, understand that this is going to do a couple of things. It probably will slow down sales because if people can't afford it, they're not going to be able to buy it. Now, again, this is a national thing. This isn't just about Atlanta. The Atlanta Fed does it, but it's about the national real estate market. The real estate market isn't national. There are places that are still affordable, mostly Mm -hmm. in the Midwest where where we're selling properties and where we're buying properties. But on the coasts, things are very expensive and very unaffordable. Because of that, I think those those markets will probably um, flatten out, maybe go down a little bit, depending on what the market um, they might go down quite a bit, actually. Yeah, it's going to force sellers of properties to negotiate. Eventually, they're not doing that now. I can tell you right now that's that's not happening. Our friends yep. just sold their house, and you know somebody paid over asking for it. I think that's going to continue to happen. Although they were paying cash, so there's fewer buyers with enough money to afford these houses, but they can still afford them. Yeah, and because there's um, so few homes for sale things are still moving. Once those buyers stop buying or the inventory goes up dramatically, things will change. Uh, things, are, things are already changing. So anyway, take note of that. Yeah. A couple of other things. <laughs> well, go ahead. Heather. Oh, I was just going to say, I've because I mentioned it on the show a couple weeks ago, that where I'm looking for a primary residence and have been for like a year, <laughs> that I've been seeing the price, the higher price points come down Whereas my house, because I'm going into a little bit more um, expensive area, my house is stabilized, right? So it's also, keep in mind, it's localized and it's also based on what price point. Those higher price points with a higher interest rate and a larger loan amount, that's going to impact you more than if you're buying like a smaller house. So I think with the type of properties that investors purchase, it may not impact as much as you know something that's more expensive, but... A lot of our new construction that we've sold for the last six, eight months that's coming completed now, people are closing with a significant amount of equity. <laughs> so if you have a higher interest rate, maybe your cash flow is a little less, but you're coming in with a significant amount of equity. And we have had a client successfully turn around and sell for a large profit instead of renting the property out. So 
there's that advantage too in the market right now. Yeah. And so. I think the, the other thing too, is if people can't afford the down payment is the most, is, is the biggest problem that, and, and yep. then their debt to income ratios cannot support the, the higher payments. Mm-hmm. If all they can do is a sideways slide from the house they're currently in, which has a two and a half to 3% interest rate, and they, they can't buy anything better, they're going to stay put. And when they yes. stay put, that, that property is not going to go on the market and they're not going to be moving up, which means that that market that Heather was just talking about is going to be highly, hotly competitive mm-hmm. for rentals. And rent yep. rates go up when there's competition, just like prices of homes. Speaking of prices of homes, Heather, another thing that's very interesting that I learned last week, I can't show this graph to you, but I'll tell you about it because it's, it's very interesting. This graph is from Fred, from the government, right? And <laughs> I, love that you, I love that you said Fred and it was like from the government, from Fred. So what Fred does Fred stand for, Ron? I knew you were going to ask me that. I can't remember. Um, <laughs> I'll look it up in a minute and tell you. I'll look um, it up. It's all right. Yeah, you look it up and tell me. Anyway, it's from Fred. F-R-E-D for all of those of you who can't spell. Yes. Um, so this oh, shows... Federal Reserve, Federal Reserve economic data. Yeah. So you can go get all kinds of data there. This is one data set. Now, this data set is median sales prices of homes that have been sold. And it's a historic look. So all the way back to pre-1965. And the, what the person did was they came in here and they actually showed how many years it took to increase the price of a home by 30%. Mm. All right. The first one that they did was from, looks like about 1987, somewhere around there, 1987, 1988, up until the late 90s. It was an 11-year period. Took 11 years to go up 30%. The next one was from that same point, about late, late 90s, somewhere to 2005. That 30% took eight years. So 11 years, then eight years. The next 30% took 15 years. It was from 2005 because we had the crash Mm -hmm. through 2020. 15 years. So crazy. The the next, this is, you've been zoning out on these numbers. I need you to really pay attention now. Yeah, redo it. So the the first one was how long? 11 years. 11 years, then eight years. Eight years, then 15 years, which is basically okay. what we've all just lived through 15 years, which is the yeah. longest running one ever for all of the reasons that the government has failed us that I've already talked about on this, <laughs> on this show. Okay. The next one took 18 months. That is crazy. 18 months. If you could see this graph, it literally hockey sticks in 2020. I think towards the end of 2020 and goes straight up (laughs) 18 months, 30%. That is what has happened. So to say that we're in uncharted territory, it would be, yeah. I mean, I think it would be silly to suggest such a thing at this point. I think for us on this show too, we come into this and say, what should we talk about this week? And the crazy part is we find ourselves doing like a market update and talking about what's happening almost every week. We don't talk about much else because there's so much happening. So when I saw that graph, that's the first thing I thought of is I'm like, man, that's kind of validating for how it, how it's felt, like constant shifting and changing and trying to get properties for our clients in that kind of market. Oof, painful. I mean, so the thing is, is that understanding all of this, you can start to figure out where you need to be. And 
I think, you know, just listening to what, to the data that we've covered today, the, the place to be is in, it's in our buy box. It's in mm-hmm. inexpensive, yep. you know, entry-level homes, easily rentable, easily affordable for both purchase and for rent. And what you're going to find is that the rent prices are probably going to continue to go up and or stay high. And then all you got to do is just buy on, on strong fundamentals. Again, that's literally it. There's no need to be alarmed. You can go geek out on this stuff like Heather and I do and have a lot of fun with it. <laughs> it is a lot of fun to geek out on it this is. stuff. So if you're feeling that, knock it out. That'd be, that's awesome. And if you find something really cool, share it with us. We'll talk about it on the show and we will give you a shout out on the show. We hope that this data is, is valuable to you guys. We spend a lot of money to gather this data and to stay on top of things so that we're giving you guys accurate information yes. so that you can make better choices. It's not about whether we're going to invest or we're not going to invest. It's how and where, because money that's not invested is literally losing money right now. I mean, you, gotta, you have to keep reserves. You have to have some liquidity for sure. But having an enormous amount of liquidity in this kind of inflation, that's not going to do you a whole lot of good, unfortunately. I'm keeping most of my liquidity in whole life insurance for that reason, just because it's at least doing something for me (laughs) in this inflationary market. So I love it. I think that was great. The most important thing, guys, is that you take the information and then do something with it, not stay paralyzed because you're scared. If you're concerned because you've been watching the noise not the news, but the noise that's on 24 hours a day, seven days a week on a multitude of channels, turn that crap off and go seek out accurate data and make mm-hmm. decisions for yourself so that you can move forward with things instead of being in constant fear, which is where they want you. Yep, exactly. And we'll have a conversation on our Facebook page about this. We'll post the articles and the and when we post the podcast. So that's our Facebook group, by the way, folks. And if you haven't joined our Facebook Sorry, group, Facebook you should. Group. We will post a link to that as well in the show notes. And until next time, get out there and make something happen. That's right. Thanks, guys. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to getrealestatesuccess.com.